Good morning, right. how are you? Ito na tayo. How are you, amigo? Sabi ko, amigo, sabi ko, amigo, ikaw, ikaw nandito ka na ako, bagong gising, nandito pa lang. Let's go, Abulin bro. Tahabulin na kita, mag-uunat na, mag-uunat na. Gagayon ako, tapos gagayon ako. Doom, gano'n. Ito nila ang episode, mag-meet tayo. Mag-meet tayo. Baliktad na ako na. Ako na lamang sa energy ah, level ano, mo. Ano yung parang Benjamin Button ba yan? Yung oh, parang oh, nag- oh, <laughs> nagabutan oh. sa gitna. Makes sense. Alright, amigo. Oh, na, nagunat na ako. Nagunat na ako. <laughs> let's go. There. Let's go. There. Let's talk, amigo. Let's talk. Let's talk truths to reality. Alright. Okay, bro. So, apparently last week, medyo nagkakalat na naman ako on Twitter among others uh, trying to ruffle feathers. No, actually not tra- trying to ruffle trying to call out nonsense right so ginang ginang ako ng ginang ginang war ako ng classic na so many people were trying to get back at me but you know it was very polite naman i think it really started when i tried to respond to i think renato reyes or something like that okay. the usual so, bro but mo war kasi yung ibang gang iba iba na yon ah yeah, yeah, yeah so no it was it was interesting in, in a sense that uh, and dami kong mga kaaway on twitter no but you know what i tried to do right Lele? my my point is If you want to fight the political fight the proper way, right? You have to get your intellectual department also updated and upgraded. So the software has to be upgraded and that was always our thing, right, bro? The software doesn't seem to catch up with the reality of our geopolitics today. Later on we'll discuss another episode about domestic politics in the Philippines, but of course the big issue right now is enhanced defense coercion agreement. I'll be honest, Lelo, the more I think about it, um I mean, I did like seven articles on EDCA over the past two weeks or so. Dapat talaga, dapat talaga bukbukin tong isyong to. Eh. Yeah, Tugin-tugin. this is like, bro, the more I think about it. So important so many levels, as you'll see. Exactly. It, it, the more I think about it, the more I'm not so sure anymore. Like, um, I think Marcos Jr. has the correct instinct, but due to lack of information, because I'm not, you know, privy to what's happening internally, how much of reassurances we're getting, I also have some, some, reservations right nevertheless as i pointed out the parameters of any discussion about etka has to acknowledge certain fundamental geopolitical realities right a it's not the us that wants to invade taiwan it's not the us that wants war over taiwan it's china that is threatening invasion of taiwan that's very important b um <laughs> as far as the philippines is concerned we have zero minimum deterrence capability on our own so there's no way that sariling sikap na lang yung strategy. It doesn't work. You know, it's a nice slogan, but it just doesn't work. And C, whether it's ASEAN or whether it's diplomacy, we saw that with Tatay Digong, it doesn't work. ASEAN made zero support for our arbitration award when it came out in 2016. You can partly blame Tatay Duterte, but Tatay Digong said, you know what, let's engage China, maybe a bit more than engagement, whatever you want to call that. But it didn't work. It produced nothing. So direct engagement doesn't work. ASEAN is not there for us. We don't have our own capabilities on our own to minimum malanga. Huh? We don't even have a single squadron of modern fighters. We only have upgraded uh, fighter uh, fighters, the FA-50. And it's not US that is trying to provoke war over Taiwan. It's China that is threatening war over Taiwan. Now, with those three facts in mind, let's go on. Let's have a debate about EDCA. That's what I'm saying. Kasi parang yung tatlo pa yan, medyo hindi yata, ano eh, hindi nag-sync in dun sa mga ibang kaibigan natin dyan. And no, 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 no. Sorry, Lele, last thing I want to say, I, I want to get you in on that. We're also seeing some weird horseshoe phenomenon here whereby I listen to Tatay Digong SMNI, I listen to our, some of our friends na pa-left or left, they sound yeah. exactly the same. They sound exactly the same on Etka. 
I mean, what's going on? Of course, we're not surprised. And here you come. Sige, go, bro. Hindi naman, hindi nga, hindi naman, hindi naman surprising, di ba? Kasi aliado naman not. talaga sila nung early years. And one of the reasons bakit sa nag-aliado nung 2016, 2017, nagkaroon pa nga ng mga leftist cabinet members is precisely because na-attract yung left sa anti-Americanism ni Tatay Digong. Meron ako i-add na isa pang premise not as important as your other premises. But the other premise I want to add is a kind of conceptual premise, which is that state behaviors change. Right. right? Um, they're not the same. So the United States of today is not the United States of the Cold War, which was governed by a policy of anti-communism and governed by the principle of domino theory, which we, which we can explain. Right. It is also not the same as the United States of the Iraq War era, which was defined by a foreign policy of neoconservatism. In other words, pupugutan natin ang mga ulo yung diktador across the world and we, if we need to go to war with them, we will. Right? Right? The, the foreign policy of the U.S. now is is actually in, in a very interesting moment. It's in, it's, in, it's in an evolutionary moment precisely because of the threat of China. And my sense is that hindi pa fixed yung foreign policy ng U.S. when it comes to China, that it can in fact still be influenced by its partners like the Philippines. This is not a this is not a fixed doctrine, right? The way the Cold War doctrine became fixed by by you know the 1960s. It's also not a fixed doctrine in the same in, in the way that the, the Bush doctrine was fixed. It's an evolving doctrine. So kailan talaga natin makipagbaliktaktakan about it and hindi natin ma-appreciate kung ano nangyayari kung nakapako tayo dun sa idea na the US um you know is is uh, hates the Philippines and wants to make sure na mga diktador lang yung manalo sa Pilipinas at magsisend ng mga CIA agents sa Pilipinas. Yung, 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 yung ganong klaseng paranoid. Nanalo si Duterte, right? 2016. So, I mean, it just tells you like maybe things are... No, I mean, what I want to say on this is China is also not the same. I mean, I understand. Yeah. I mean, remember, Maoism, global history, right? The whole level issue. Like in the 60s, 70s, I don't know, Mao was seen as kind of a alternative revolutionary figure he was very cool that maoism was very cool among young people the whole 1960s protest movement but it's not we are not dealing with the same china maoist china was a weak poor revolutionary aggressive wild sometimes even interesting kind of a regime for many people outside especially people in the left progressive movements etc the china of today is your classic rising hegemon right with classic imperialistic kind of objectives mm. right it's not yes. russia because russia is a declining uh you know in denial ex-empire it's a very different picture that's why they just invaded ukraine they have to make a raison d'etre for themselves this is not putin's russia we're talking about but china is not the tiangxia harmony you know this is not the china of 1450s right or this is not the china of 1670s which was not even in position to dominate much of the world china was always a regional power before the advent right. of modern era And that China, that China only really changed in recent years with, with Xi Jinping, we discussed. And, you know, China now is a global power in ways it never was, right? Mm. Just the technology it has, just the military it has, just the resources it has. There's no precedence for that in human history, right? So right. that's what I'm saying. You cannot see, because in the 60s, maybe it made sense to look at China or even Soviet Union for some people as a way to check the hegemony of the United States because the U.S. was by far the biggest economy, the most dominant power in the 50s, 60s, 70s. That's not the issue right now. U.S. and China are almost the same size of economy. By some measures, even China is bigger. Persistent power parity. The Chinese military spending in persistent power parity is very similar to the U.S. And again, 
it's not U.S. that is trying to take away West Philippine Sea from us. No one is denying the horrible things they did in the past. That's not the question. The question right now is what's happening in 2023. In the same way, the United States, you correctly pointed out, uh, um, uh, Leloy, um, I think din sila. they really saw the limits of their power. Oh. The Bush was really the last hurrah. So if there's one yes. thing common between Obama and Trump is both are isolationists. Both are skeptical yes. about the utility of American power to push for regime change and promote yes. American way of life, right? So, and Biden is, you know, he's not a fool. He realizes America is not the same. That's why Biden is working with allies. That's why AUKUS, mm. that's why JAFUS, that's why NATO. Because U.S. realizes it's no longer the superpower it was uh, the way it was in the 1960s and 70s. So, yun ang problema kasi dun sa mga ibang attacks sa ETCA because I can see the legitimate concerns with ETCA, which we'll discuss right uh, right away. But it's premised on a characterization of America, which is so 50 years ago. Eh, yun nga, yun ang problema. A lot of, well, a lot of the people na sobrang vehemently anti-American, they still think it's the politics of their youths. And if I may, I want to psychologize them a little bit. Maybe, you know, they feel like the activism that they went through their youth is the kind of activism that their children and grandchildren should undergo today because they learned so much from you. You know, if you enjoyed your youth, if you enjoyed the radicalism of your youth, that's fine. And if the analysis was correct at that time, that's fine as well. But the fact is that the activism of this generation cannot be your activism. And, and that's really what frustrates me about some of these old-timers. Pangalawa, well, the second reason why hindi kumagalaw is when merong psychological ba- barriers from movement, ang matigas lang talaga yung ulo. Pangalawa is, of course, the, the ideological barrier because, let's face it, you know, the, the doctrine for many of our leftists, uh, their Bible, was a document written by Jose Maria Sison decades ago, right? Yung, yung, yung kanya Philippine society and revolution, which they still think is the basis of a proper analysis of society. And the thing with Bibles is that the is is is, is that they get you into trouble, especially if you interpret Catechism. them literally. Catechism. Because because they because they, they because they're static. So so you have a text that's static, hindi nagbabago. Lalo na ngayon, hindi na pwedeng baguhin. Patay na matay na yung nagsulat eh. Buti sana kung buhay pa siya, baka pwede pa ma-update. Although matigas din ulo ng matandang yun, di ba? So you have a static text, and then you have a a, a, a moving politics. Nakuyari ka dyan, di ba? Hindi talaga, talaga magbabago yung pag-iisip mo. So, 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 the psychological boundary and the textual boundary prevents us from seeing that. Right. Um, what I want to do now is like, uh, as a historian, really dig into the evolution of the U.S. because these people think, alam mo, this is one thing I, I find weird. Uh, Ang tao nagbabago yan, di ba? You know, I was very different from where I was 10 years ago. And, you know, some people who liked me 10 years ago don't like me anymore. Somebody, some people who didn't like me 10 years ago like me now because I'm, I'm a different person, right? So, so nagbabago yung interpretation. Um, states are the same, right? Because, because in fact, states are less consistent than people because they're con- they're constituted by shifting electorates. They're constituted Maybe not by, Russia. I won't say. Maybe well, yeah, not Russia. They, yeah, I mean. But by dif- well, democratic, democratic states, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be specific. Yeah, yeah. Different, different bureaucracies, diba? So, you can't interpret them as people. Now, the, the way we've started to interpret the United States is para yung ano eh, para yung, uh, yung tridor na best, yung, in, in the thinking of many leftists, yung, yung tridor na best friend mo dati na hindi mo pagbibigyan kahit anong mangyari, diba? Uh, or, or Aguinaldo or, or, felt or, that uh, way, no? Aguinaldo. Or the, or the violent husband who has actually been violent from day one. 
Juan, ganyan. So, so wala, wala, kang, wala kang mahihita dyan. But what we really need to do is to show, again, and we've really started the discussion, to show that these states, the United States uh, and, 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 chi and China, um, are, are, are change. You know, they change. And, and because they change, we need to change our assessment of, 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 of what to do relative to, to them. And the international system also has changed, right? Mm. The, the global political economy is not the same, right? Uh, you know, China's concerns with Taiwan in certain ways are ancient, but China's capabilities in many ways are cutting edge, right? There are things that China can do today that was unthinkable 20, 30 years ago. I'll just give you one example. Hypersonic missiles, for instance. Hypersonic missiles don't follow a certain given trajectory, so the old missile systems don't work. Artificial intelligence, uh -huh. right? 5G, 6G network. There's so much at the disposal of superpowers today that was not there before. And the change in technology also reshapes how powers think about what is possible and what is not possible. At the same time, of course, Lelo, we also have, you know, strong scrutiny of national governments in democracies, right? I, you know, uh, we, there's right now, for instance, the U.S. Congress has essentially withdrawn the war powers that it gave to the United States presidents in the past, right? So there's a concerted effort by the U.S. Congress to make sure there's more checks and balance so that what happened in Iraq will not happen again. Again, these are... So there are many, many moving parts here. The international system is changing. And you know what's interesting, Leloy? What helps me to understand all of this is kind of Karl Marx analysis, right? Agency. Like, that's the that's a funny thing. Our critique of the left today is very much driven by actual Karl Marx Hegelian analysis, right? I mean, I'm very influenced by GWF Hegel. One of the things that always drove me was negation of negation. Don't mm -hmm. only go for critics, but also understand what's the shortcoming of the critics, right? Negation of negation. This is very Hegelian, and Karl Marx was very much influenced by that. Karl Marx himself was a journalist. He wrote for business uh, newspapers, I think, in Frankfurt. He wrote for New York. Um, no offense to certain people, but certain people who did the catechism of some of the folks here. I mean, I'm not sure they were as dynamic intellectual as Karl Marx. Yeah, yeah. Or and, you know, matter, right? Marx, Marx actually read a lot of right-wing material or what... what, what business. He was a business journalist. Yeah. You know, sa, ang favorite, one of his public, favorite publications was The Economist, um, which many... Our good friend, yeah. Market center, center right newspaper until today. Exactly. So... This is the thing. The best way to criticize the shortcomings of the supposed left today is actually going back to Karl Marx himself. I, I suppose you also read the biography, right? Karl Marx and 19th Century Life. Was that was that the title of that? It was a beautiful book that showed the human side, his intellectual vitality, the savviness of his mind. Now, I have serious concern with Marxism. I have serious concern with communism and everything like that. And this is some of the disagreements I have with people like uh, Joseph Scalis, for instance. I think Joseph Scalis has fantastic analysis on many issues but i think for him to say it's just a fault of stalinism yeah parang argument niya is in the it's kasalanan lang ni stalin yan kaya it went off the rail i don't buy that i don't buy that i think honestly i find that's a little bit orientalist because stalin comes from georgia and if you look at the law of orientalism eh georgians yan you know they're wild they're wrestling people no honestly if you look at a lot of biography of stalin they're very orientalist right so yeah, my sense is not the idea now. Oh, if it was Trotsky, things would have... No, I, I don't buy any of that. I think there was something rotten really at the core of the communist project because it was based on a misinterpretation and a freezing of Karl Marx's very dynamic analysis of reality. But anyway, I just noticed that's the irony that when I criticize um, you know, some of this outdated analysis, I actually draw a lot on you know, new Gramscian, new Marxist analysis, yeah. among others. No, not the traditional American realism, blah, blah, blah. 
all of those things. So, so yeah, you're absolutely right. The international system is also evolving. But okay, but Lele, just to make it clear, huh? Because I think some people are misinterpreting us, or perhaps at least me in this case. Na parang I am endorsing naman etka hundred percent. No, I I don't. I don't. I actually, I still have concerns. I'm still trying to get to know about it. Just the other night, I had three hours of conversation. One person serving the military. Uh, another person was a top official in the Philippine Navy. Uh, it's it's for a TV program I'm doing. So later on, people will get to know more about that. So after that long three four hour conversation the other night, parang lalaho na paisip. Wait lang. Is Marcos going too far into the American camp here? Is Marcos putting all the chips on the table, or maybe not? Maybe there's still room for maneuver. This is where suddenly I'm kind of arguing with myself because you tell me, Lele. So my argument is. The Philippines is still hedging. What do you mean hedging? We have still not put 100% of our chips on the American side. Marcus Jr. still wants to play the game. He wants to still have leverage with China. I won't be surprised. You know, hedging, just like in finance, stock market, right? You kind of go 70 here, but you want to still be in position to put 30 here and then later I'll take out some 20 there and put here, right? This constant move back and forth. I feel the Philippines is still in the mix in that sense. I don't think that Philippines it is should be. the deputy. Exactly, which should be, right? But a part of me was also worried but maybe that's how I think about it. But what if Marcos Jr. is not a savvy, right? <laughs> what if Marcos Jr. is so excited about acceptance by the West that he just went 100% in? That's my worry. But in fairness, man, talking to some people who know uh, the operational reality better than me, there was at least one interesting, one very, one person I really respect who's, who used to serve in the military said that actually, if you think of it, Marcos actually is ahead of the curve. It's actually the bureaucracy that's trying to catch up with him. So, I don't know. Ika, what is your read on it? Do you think Marcos Jr. knows what he's doing? Or he knows enough that he will not make super mistakes here? Because my fear is baka we'll give too much to the Americans here and lock ourselves into the... Anong definition mo ng too much? Mabulis ang definition mo ng too much, di ba, Richard? Okay, that's... So I ask also some of the operational experts on this. See, Lele, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to adjust. I'm willing to revisit my own analysis, right? Within one week, I'm willing to do that. So I'm not going to stick... I, I asked a question. Uh, was the fact that we didn't give Mavulis and Fuga? I asked people, operational people, right? People who know, like, one argument is that, well, I mean, it's it's not big enough or it's not perhaps as strategically important to the Americans or something. That's one one I got. And uh, the Balikatan education from Ilocos to Zambales, I was told that it's possible next year Babalikian si Ilocos Norte or something like that. So, but my sense is the people who are telling me that is because they want the Philippines to align with the U.S. I But I don't buy that. I think Marcos is, is still has some tricks up his sleeves. And I think he can still make some moves and counter moves here. My sense, though, Lelo, is our Chinese counterparts are kind of confused. I just had a talk with Beijing University today. I was just looking at the comments of the Chinese ambassador Huang here today. I think in Chinese, like, what's going on with this Marcos Jr.? Is he still willing to open up with us? Or he's like really gone, you know, to the, you know, to the other side, the dark side or like Jedi side or whatever, right? Ika, what's your instinct here? What's your instinct here, Leloy? Yung underground reality, I mean, I, I don't know. I have, hey, kaya I have, instinct, I ask I, it I because have I have I my general framework. But once I ask more operational questions, suddenly like, hmm, I'm not so sure we may have as much room for maneuver as I thought. Although my sense is if it's Marcos is savvy enough, we can still have some room for maneuver here. 
But then again, can I vouch for Marcus Jr. on that? I don't know. You're the historian. You tell I me. Can't, I can't either. Pero parang may, I, I, I'm getting the sense that you know, pwede mong i, pwede mong, pwede mong laruin 70-30, The die is cast in terms of push comes to shove scene in pipiliin mo. I think he's already telegraphed that. Right? Pwede kang ng konti, you can back, tack back a, a little bit from the Chinese. Pero at the very least, what all of these actions have shown is that kung magkaroon ng gera talaga between the United States and China, sino, pipi, sino pipiliin ng Pilipinas? Kasi ngayon, may, may element of right. hindi pa siya zero-sum game, right? But, right. but if, if push comes to shove and there's a war or, or if there's an invasion of Taiwan, right. that's, a, that's, a, that's a kind of either-or decision. And I think what yeah. Marcos has already telegraphed is that in that either-or decision, we're joining the Yankees, baby, and I think that's a huge, huge step. And there's no yep. way to, or it will be very, very difficult to walk that back at this point. Yeah, I get it. Okay, I think that's okay, and 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 I have no problem. I have no problem with hmm. that. I have no problem with that. Right. It's it's really not the United States that is the the, the great expansionist power in 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 the South China. Not anymore. Sea yeah, and not in anymore. South. Yeah, in um, Asia, it's it's a conservative. Yeah, sorry, Lela, I'm cutting you because you can say I'm constantly still thinking inside. No, I'm still. I mean, I always follow the Fitzgerald rule, right? If you're really intelligent, you can keep two opposing ideas and still keep saying, right? Uh inside. No, hmm. Lela, you know. Um. So one thing that got me a little bit worried is, I mean, I understand the politics of this. Was this? So Marcos is saying, hindi natin ipagamit at sa mga Amerikano eto mga base na ito for offensive operations. Kung sakali ang Amerika gusto mag-preemptive strikes sa China or certain major intervention to stop or or, or cut off a Chinese siege of Taiwan, if not all-out all war. And then just the other day, just the next day, you have a top spokesman in AFP saying, no, those bases will be used for any special, for any emergency situations, right? Like, you cannot stop the Americans once you give it to them. So parang, a part of me is thinking, what's going on here? Is this the political Marcos just trying to make sure no one panics? Or is this because Marcos doesn't really appreciate the gravity of what he has green-lighted? Do you get what I'm saying here? Right? So, there are some times that I'm ako wait lang. Nakits pa ni Marcos? Kasi binasa, basahin mo yung preamble ng ETCA. Basahin mo yung details. No? I mean, I've been writing. So, I have to go through the details, all of that. Parang, wait lang. This gives a lot of prerogative to the Americans, right? So, why would Marcos say anything? Kaya sabi ko, si Marcos has to be honest and come out and say, okay, magpanic. We're not here to provoke China. We're here to prepare and we're here to deter. But there's risk. That's why we have to be prepared as a nation. Okay, for me, that's a responsible presidency, right? You take the risk, but you're right, right. honest enough to prepare your people. Parang feeling ko kapos doon. Now, kapos siya dahil hindi na na-appreciate yung gravity oh, of the situation or kapos siya dahil hindi na nag-gets yung gravity of the situation. So well, now you find the lemma, right? I, 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 thought, I, thought, I thought about something. Baka because he's not used to accountability. Right. Kasi nung kampanya pa lang, hindi, siya, hindi na siya nagpapa-interview, di ba? So he's used to this idea of, I'll just do it, I'll make executive decisions, and then bahala na kayo to, de to decide whether whether or not you like it. And then, I have trolls anyway who will convince everyone else na tama Wala ako. na. Wala that na bro, wala na. Nag-Vic Rodriguez, ano na lahat, I'm a Marcos and all I want nag-defend. That's true, pero, pero doon siya nasanay, di ba? Kasi ganun siya nanalo eh. Hindi naman siya, hindi naman siya never naman siya, as a, as a presidential candidate, You're never right. naman siya nag-heart right. to heart sa taong bayan, nag-heart to heart siya sa mga followers niya, sa social media niya. But he's, he did not really speak to 
the country as a whole and hindi siya nagpapa interview and so and so he thinks he can just do things and get away with them without really explaining them because he never really explained anything in the campaign so bakas bakasanay siya diyan and so this is a moment where you you just have to encourage the president and say well you know Mr President you, you you're a very popular man um you have a you have high yeah, we trust have a, we have different episodes for that on the popular oh. I actually can see already some of the supporters of Marcos commenting here oh he's speculating na naman kayo diyan well obviously we're here speculating in an educated way Ako, Lele, I would say this no I I actually appreciate your intervention because so now you see where where my, where my analysis is kind of having an internal debate hmm. right um so my my ang basa ko dito Leloy is Marcos Jr. has a tendency to a little bit, uh, you know, pag may konting pushback, biglang ano siya. Diba? Like, he's not as stubborn and hard-headed and as full conviction politics as he should be. Yun yung medyo tendency na nakita ko sa kanya na kung konting i-push mo siya, he tends to... Yes. Okay, I'll spell it out. I think he has to show more backbone on some of these issues. I think in fairness naman to him, in terms of the decision, the big decision... He has already come in strong. He has made some decisive moves in fairness to him. But I think he has to back that up also with some really brave interventions and really addressing the people. So I look forward to the State of the Nation address this year. He has to tell the Filipino people, we have made some big decisions here because we're Yo. facing challenges and we have to get prepared. If I see that later this year, I'll be happy. Yo. But if he doesn't give that, then I'm going to be really worried. Like, wait, lang, what's going on here? Because Lelo, hindi pwedeng... In short... Paninindigan mo na to kasi medyo nag all nag 70% in ka na eh. Not yes. all in, I would say, but 70% in is still a lot, right? So you have already crossed the 50-50 threshold. So may like, may, may Rubicon, talaga may, may Rubicon Richard. He, he can tack it back pero nag Rubicon na yan eh. Just the fact na ginamit mo na yung EDSA, andiyan ka na eh. Na, uh, parang, and, and mahirap na i-walk back. And meron ka ng perception na mas pro-America kaysa sa pro-China. Yeah, but the Rubicon is also... I don't, I don't see how he can walk this back easily eh. So kung kung ganyan na yung kung ganyan na yung gagawin mo, you really need to justify it already. And you really, I mean, you you need to address the big elephant in the room, nga, which is as you said, itong Tatay Digong School of Diplomacy. Now maybe that's one of the reasons why he isn't talking about it in public because he wants to maintain the kind of detente he has with the DDS supporters. And of course, kung nagsalita siya and pinaliwanag niya, that might mean a kind of collision course between uh, uh, collision course between himself and the DDS. I I, I don't know, de ba? Pero pero this is obviously as you've said a kind of clear disagreement between the Marcoses and the Tatay Digong School of Diplomacy. And of course, the Tatay Digong School of Diplomacy is a, is kind of the one of the worst schools of diplomacy. Yeah, it, it has no credibility because it didn't deliver. It had six years to deliver. It delivered us nothing. It delivered us net negative. In fact, I'll be very clear. I don't buy this argument. No due respect to some of our friends. I don't buy this argument that magpasalamat tayo kay Tatay Digong dahil nung minura niya ang Amerika, mas seneryoso tayo ng mga Amerikano. Kaya ngayon, si Marco Jr. ay nasa isang strategic sweet spot to get the best out of... You know what I'm saying? But I'm hearing that narrative more and more. And I was like, wait lang. That sounds like a Cambridge analytical way of spinning things. No, Tatay Digong had no grand strategy. He was going with his instinct, just like a barangay, you know, barangay geopolitics, right? And he got some things right, he got some things wrong, but I would say net, it was a negative for the Philippines. I think there could have been so much done to fortify our alliances, to fortify our position in the West Philippines, among others, while giving credit to Lorenzan and many people in the government who did a good job of developing our facilities in Pagasa, etc. 
No, I don't buy that. I, I think that's a retrospective kind of a re, 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 rewriting of history in a very interesting mm. way. But um, you know, um, you see what the difficulty we have right now, no? It's like, but ako naman, a part of me is saying, baka naman talaga Marcos Jr. learned enough from his dad. Because, diba, that's my argument. We can argue, I mean, the human rights record of the dictatorship was horrible, obviously, ipso facto. The economic management, our good friend JC Punangbayan has already written a book about that. Okay. But on foreign policy, I would say Marcos Sr. was not too bad. In fact, I think he was one of the most savvy presidents we have had. Next, I would think of uh, FBR, right? A cousin of his. So a part of me is feeling Marcus Jr. Naman had so much exposure with geopolitics and so much exposure to his own dad's legacy that that placed him perhaps in a good position uh, to uh, to appreciate the, the the risks that he's running right now with some of these big decisions he's making today. Uh, again, you're the historian. Perhaps you can call me out. But I don't know. So far, naman, mukhang yung prognostications ko about Marcus Jr. are coming true. My my fear fear though is maybe I'm being um I'm giving too much credit here sometimes. Yun lang. I, I just want to make sure I don't um overcorrect or undercorrect rather uh for that matter. I don't know, you tell me. But if I were to make an argument, this would be my argument. President Marcos Jr. has to be honest with the Filipino people that there's risk with what he's doing. But this is not a risk of uh intentional provocation because we need to be prepared, we need to deter. Taiwan is too close, we're a US ally. There's no way out of it. There's no Tatay Digong way of neutrality out of this. We are already in this. Might as well prepare for it. But the president has to be honest to the Filipino people and he has to prepare us accordingly. And we need to use whatever window we got before a potential conflict or kinetic action to build our capabilities, to have a whole of nation approach and move forward. This is what I'm going to say. If I were to give that advice to the president... Basic, basic, deterrence. Diba? Deterrence yeah. is what's important here. You right. don't want to make the Chinese feel na papasok na lang sila bigla and then pwede sila mag-in mag and out, yariin yung mga fishermen natin and there are no consequences. That's that's the most important thing because you said that how much how much money are we losing? How much money are our fishermen? Using? $100 million is a conservative estimate by the Marine Science Institute of uh, University of the Philippines. That's a conservative institute. So kano? my suspicion is $1 billion per year in fisheries pa lang yan. Yeah. Not to mention yung mga oil and gas na hindi natin na-develop sa Reed Bank. Matagal na dapat na-develop natin, Lelo, 2010, 2011. Now we were doing exploration na sana. So China is preventing. So we're losing billions of dollars in foregone and illegally, you know, piling. Billions talaga. Richard, billions talaga. Billions of dollars. Yes, bro. Of course, billions of dollars, bro. It, we're, this is big time what we're losing. Our resources are worth trillions of dollars. And by the way, Lelo, We we're only talking about West Philippine Sea. Hindi natin alam yung nangyari sa Benham Rice and Philippine Sea, which is as if not more resource rich, but we don't have any domain awareness capability. So this is the second part of my argument. If binibigyan mo ng mga Amerikano ng ganyang kadaming access, although the other thing though, bro, is I was having a discussion again with some people with uh, operational understanding. So uh, Manny Mugato of Reuters, who won Pulitzer Prize few years ago with, with Reuters for, for the coverage of uh, Tatay Digong's ano, drug war, horrible drug war. Um, he was saying that actually, if you look at some of the facilities that we gave, some of them in Cagayan and all, pare, it's not even a runway; it's just a site. It's not; it's not a military base. So good luck, some Americano. They have to spend billions oh. to build up those areas, right? Oh. And then the other thing that Inisiko Leloy was, wait lang, Cagayan, Isabela. Well, it's not also too far from Benham Rice or Philippine Sea. Depending, it maybe in a way that could also help us to deter 
shenanigans happening there, Ben Horizon Philippine Sea, because bro, we have 300 nautical miles of extended continental shelf and exclusive economic zone there. Our good friend Jay Batumbakal was very much involved in that process. And then we got to know the Chinese sent submarines there, their, rain, uh, their naming features, sub, uh, sub, you know, subterranean f- features there. So a lot of crazy stuff is also happening in Philippine Sea. So para sa akin, Lelo, yeah, tell me if I, I'm being naive here. I mean, obviously I'm not naive, but my point is, siguro naman, Marcos should be in a position to tell the Americans, hey, we're giving you all of this access and all, we're risking and all. Maybe you want to give us a bit more than usual, right? So, for instance, we have F-16 V fighters kind of in the pipelines, Harpoon missiles, potentially Patriot. Like, there's so many things the U.S. is still holding back from the United uh, from the Philippines for many reasons. Well, I doubt I maintenance capability. Well, I doubt I blah blah blah. But come on, I think this is the time where you have to juice it. You know, I I think this is the time the Philippines has to be aggressive and get the most. Because hundred million dollars on foreign military financing, hundred million dollars trying to develop some of these facilities that cannot even build you a mall of Asia, right? Forget about yeah, and, it. And I was just thinking, you know, uh, juice it not just in terms of um, military benefits. I'm sure there are economic benefits. Yes, there is. Dun sa 2 plus na nakalagay, USA, developmental. But ako, I want the, uh, us to push for bilateral free trade agreement, etc. But I just don't know if Biden or next president of US, whoever Trump, the scientists can can deliver on that on the trade economic issue. Ang hina ng US in terms of ano eh, economic diplomacy. Well, totoo, totoo, totoo. Pero I, I, was, I was reading an Inquirer article like two weeks ago. Apparently, yeah. we are trade deficit with China. And even at this rate, ha, trade deficit tayo with China, meaning mas marami tayong ini-import sa kanila kaysa sa na-export natin sa kanila. And may slight surplus tayo with the US. So so even on, on the trade level, Sino mas mabait sa atin? Mas mabait pa, 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 pa rin sa atin on trade ang mga Amerikano. So even on the level of kind of economic exploitation, if you if you take on this kind of mercantilist mindset of dapat mas maraming exports kaysa sa imports, mas mabait sa atin ang US. And we and, and I think we can juice that with more with more agreements. Gayong nagpapakita na sila ng willingness to really play ball with us. Right. Um, and so if Marcos plays his cards right, this, 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 this could end up becoming really good for us. Richard, I... I I want to, kasi hindi ako gano'ng nagpe-pay attention to this. Uh, kasi ayoko nang tumain gano'ng ng social media kasi hate na hate ko ang social media these, these days. But I wanted to ask you when you were doing your podcast, ano na ang state of affairs between the Tatay Digong supporters and the Marco supporters over this EDCA issue? Nagkakapataya na ba? May dugo, dumadanak na ba ang dugo? Wait lang. Kanina may nakita akong meme. Ito bro, hindi naman itong meme. So, isang button PBM, PBBM, isang button IME, tapos Marcos Loyalist Confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm telling you now, this is the situation right now. Doon ka ba kay BBM or kay IME? Okay, okay. So, magulo bro, magulo ang Pilipinas ngayon. Sobrang magulo yung blogger sphere. I think the EDCA issue, you would think na parang... It's technical, mundane, foreign policy, but it's so heated, bro. Like, everyone has an opinion on it. It's an interesting situation. I never thought people would pay as much attention to it. But I cannot also blame people because the original EDCA, we already got through the controversy part. But in expand pa kasi ni BBM eh. Binigay pa niya mga bases sa Cagayan, sa Isabela. And then si Governor Mamba ng, ng Isabela. This is, the, I think, the last part of this episode I want to talk to you about. Has openly come out against it, brought out you know, calling on people to protest against it, etc. Okay, now, what I want to say, Lelo, is that I have, um, I okay, I understand there are some legitimate concerns about I don't want it in my own backyard, right? I understand that. I also understand that there may be concerns about 
uh, weaponization of this alliance with the United States to cover up for human rights violations inside the Philippines or all sorts of, uh, I have concerns about more foreign troops and abuses happening, like what happened during, you know, in the Subic days, etc. Okay, I, I get it. But this is what I want to throw out there, Leloy. One of my biggest worries with federalism is that in a federalist situation, China will have to go just straight to LGU leaders and get the deals it wants out of those LGU leaders, right? Oh, shit, Richard. Doesn't have to the national governments. Do you get what I'm saying? I was thinking about... Federalization of federalism, right? That's 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 the worry I have. We're not even federal yet, but because our central government is so weak, my sense is that's already a potential option going on there. And there's a whole political science literature about sharp power operations targeting local government units. You just circumvent the national government because the national government has a pretension to national interest, blah, blah. Local government, we know what's going on there. So um, so that's, it suddenly made me think about federalism. It's like, oh, no, federal na tayo. You're not only strengthening warlords and trapos and dynasties potentially, you're also strengthening the ability of foreign powers to just go straight for the gold, right? Why should I go to the national government? I want something done in this frontier province. I'll get it. Well, just to be clear, I'm not saying that this is the case, particularly in Cagayan, Isabella. But I think it's a, it's 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 a consideration. Uh, it's a factor that we have to consider in any national security discussion and any federalism discussion. Do you get where I'm coming from? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whoa, this is also that aspect, you know, that weaponization of decentralization. Like, yeah. If I can put it that way, right? Yeah. So, uh. Uh, no, let's 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 close this discussion and uh I want to close this on uh, where where I started hopefully start 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 from the very beginning which is okay how are we looking at the US now uh, we already tackled this in a, in a previous episode but this is how I'm looking at the US now and and, and I realized now I haven't thought enough about yung continuities ng US I've been thinking about this juncture yung yung right. pero ito yung iniisip ko nung panahon ng Cold War nung 1960s, 1970s, talagang dapat matakot ka sa US. Mm-hmm. Dahil ang ginagawa ng US noong panahon na yun, kung hindi mo, kung hindi mo sila kakampi at kung nagpakita ka ng kahit konting suporta sa Soviet Union, pwede ka nilang yariin. So may mga CIA agents, for example, sa Indonesia, encouraging local revolts against the Sukarno government. Dahil si, dahil si Sukarno, na hindi naman komunista, ay malapit sa mga komunista. Right. Si, pinatumba nila si... Uh, si Jacobo Arbenz. Right. Uh, nila, Iran in 19- nila si Salvador Allende right. sa CAE. Dahil ang overwhelming concern ng US noon is wala kaming pakialam kung asshole ka or bastard ka. Basta hindi ka pumunta namin. At kung pro-komunista ka, patutumbayin ka namin. Nakakatakot talaga yung US. Yeah, things were really bad back then. Yeah. Things Definitely. were really bad and this was this was kind of really horrible US foreign policy. So, I understand na, you know, kung boomer ka and you grew up during that era, kot ka talaga sa US. But Pero, I, I kasi would... Kasi ba, nag-continue na until the Iraq war eh. So oh, oh. It's not like 90s. Oh. I, I also see the criticism. But for me, that was the peak eh. After that, there's a recognition. Oh. Hinay, the, the world has oh. changed. The world is not... Mahirap na. In fact, it's in many ways, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bipartisan recognition, di ba? Kasi right, right. Both the Democrats and the Republicans. Ayon na nila ng sugod ng sugod. Kasi meron din namang isolationist tendency tendencies ang US. So yun yung yun yung Cold War. Yeah. Tapos of course ang peak nun, yung yung rurok nun, yung Vietnam War na talagang gegarahin mo yung bomba sa kahit ganon kahirap sila. 
at uh, you know padadalan mo yung mga bata mo doon kahit ang dami sa kanila mamatay basta malabanan mo yung komunist komunismo and of course that was a spectacular failure right and that was that allowed for a certain moderation on the part of the US um biro mo after the Vietnam War well na natigil yung ganong klasing behavior for a while and then na resurrect yon with the emergence of the bushes de ba yung, yung Iraq War but even then yung Iraq War at yung Afghanistan War I mean dalawang regime change efforts lang yun hindi pa rin ito equivalent ng height of the Cold War na multiple regime change right. efforts and damning CIA everywhere right so so even then spectacular and, and, and a spectacularly horrible mistake hindi na siya hindi na siya, i, i, nagbago na siya nagbago na siya uh, it's it's two wars as opposed to uh, a global CIA effort to displace all of the pro-communist regimes right and then after that talagang sobrang disillusion ng US doon sa ganong klaseng policy and it was manifested in the election of Barack Obama na talagang kaya niya natalo si George Bush sabi niya wala na mga guerra na ganyan and then of course nag nag and, and I mean, McCain course, I mean McCain yung McCain. replacement niya yung replacement niya si 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 Donald Trump who could not be more different from Barack Obama actually agreed with Obama na His isolation is the classic mga guerra so so you can see na talaga nagbabago and then And then once you get to Biden, I mean Biden pulls out troops from Afghanistan, de ba? Meaning talagang full repudiation na ng Bush era policy. Right. So ibang this is a this is a very different beast. Now it, in this in this uh, in this podcast we always talk about good faith, Richard, de ba? Yung parang good faith argument. I think a good faith argument should begin with an acknowledgement of the fact na nagbabago yung US. Um, That mm-hmm. this is a different foreign policy regime. Now, if you argue that this is a different foreign policy regime, pero delikado pa rin sila, makikinig ako sa'yo. Pero kung sinabi mong, ah, pareho lang yan nung 1960s, CIA pa rin nagpap- nagpapatakbo ng Pilipinas, uh, itong mga US agencies dito actually... Get parin, out of here! Get out CIA, of here! CIA officials. Yeah. Si Joseph Scalise, CIA, CIA agent yan. Hindi na kita kakausapin. Hindi na. na yun nga yung nakakalungkot. You defend certain people against red tagging and then they do red reverse tagging to you. Yes, yes. Oh. Shame on those people. Shame on them. I'll just say shame on them. Isplash ko sa mukha nila next time nagreklamo sila sa red tagging. Isplash ko sa mukha nila yung ginagawa niyo sa ibang tao. I'm not saying exactly. all of them. Exactly. That, but they have, to, they, have, they have to get their people in control. You know what I'm saying? All right? And the next time you bring it up, Okay. So yeah, I'm honest, I'm honest. That really pissed me off. Kaya sabi ko kay Joseph, tingnan mo yung mga walang yang to. Dinidefend natin yung mga iba diyan tapos gaganin ka pa ng mga yan. Talaga walang yang yan. Anyway, thank you very much bro for that. I mean, for me I will end on a systemic note. No, the world is not the same. India by the way is now the largest country on earth. And 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 my point is, if you're the Philippines, there is the US and China dynamic for sure. There's the two elephants for sure, but there are also hyenas. Zebras, lions. You know, it's a zoo. So we we should reach out to Japan. We should reach out to Australia. We should reach out to Korea. We should reach out to Europe. We should reach out to India. We should reach out to Turkey. It, then, and yes, and yes, even ASEAN. ASEAN. Yes, even ASEAN. And ASEAN, yeah, sure. Uh, Singapore, Indonesia, Vietnam. Yeah. So my point is, this is my other big problem, reducing the world to just US-China rivalry. That's so 1960s, 70s too, because no, Japan is a big actor here. There's even There are even bigger actors economically in the Philippines than China or US, by the way. India is coming up and they're literally the other elephant in the room, right? Um, I mean, literally in the sense of symbol elephant. I mean, like, and then Korea is... So for me, 
I would still feel na hindi tayo nag-fully nag-align sa US if actively we are also reaching out to other powers. Okay, now, yes. now nakanap na ako na way out of my own intellectual kind. Yep, I think if I see that, and in fairness, you know what encouraged me is uh, Ambassador Romualdez, no? cousin of the president and ambassador to US, he himself said we need to diversify and reach out to other partners, to Japan, to Australia, etc. Yeah. Because even he recognizes hindi pwede umasa lang sa US. I think that's the reason why na medyo kampante ako na I can see even they recognize that. And it's not just words. And I kita ko sa actions yun eh. We are having a lot of... Ex- we had that in episode on Japan. I said we are talking about Jafus, Japan, Philippines, Australia, U- uh, Europe. So for me, if we diversify and go beyond just US, then mas comfortable ako na hindi tayo maging tuta ng America. Because at the end of the day, whether US is good or not, I don't want dependence. But to paraphrase Winston Churchill... Uh, what's even worse than having not so good allies or being dependent on allies is not having allies, right? So oh. I'm completely realistic about the situation we have, right? Yeah. Thank you very much, bro. On that note, I think... Lang, sa mabilisang, mga, mga, mga connections, wag magpapalaos. Kung yung, kung yung, kung yung thinking na 30 years ago pa, huwag naman kayo magpalaos. Yun lang naman namin sinasabi. Basa-basa tagyo i-update natin. Madali naman magbasa ng dyaryo. Madali naman magbasa ng libro na ang copyright date ay hindi 1960 or 1970. Diba? Huwag magpalaos. Kaya yan. Kaya niyan, Brad. Huawei 15 na tayo. Huwag naman iPhone 1. Yan lang sinasabi ko. Huawei 15 na. Xiaomi na tayo, guys. Xiaomi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Thank you so much. Uh, talk to you soon. Next episode, let's talk to man about uh, domestic Philippine politics yeah. right? and another form of denialism that we have to deal with. So from geopolitical denialism to post-electoral and political denialism. And uh, another hard truths, no? These are, is the hard hard episodes are the hard truths one. Thank you very much, bro. And talk to thank you soon. Thank you.